Happy New Year. Hope everybody had a good start to it. Um, it's going to be a, a better year than you think. Um, because we're going to think better than we did. Amen. Come on, it's really true. It's really true. I wanted to just uh, take a moment here. I would go ahead and release the bridge and the kids. Uh, uh, let me read a couple of scriptures to us. Jeremiah 33, 6. It's, it's a promise I, I'd like to, you know, have you go ahead and write down these three verses, the addresses to them. Uh, Jeremiah 33, 6. Uh, because I believe that... Um, the Word of God is powerful. How many would agree with that? I mean, it is just powerful, but yet we're learning to walk into the power of that uh, on, a, on, a, on a regular basis, and we're growing in Him in that. But I believe that as we have seen what is obviously what I would consider like an Old Testament plague racing across our nation, uh, that... Uh, the, the only thing that's going to stop it, as we well know at this point, is the Word of God. And we've got to stand on the Word, we've got to stand on truth, and we've got to stop this plague that's going on around us. How many would say amen to that? I mean, we're, just, we're just realizing that, uh, you know, the, that, uh, that that's exactly what this is. And, and however God's going to use it to... Uh, draw people to himself and to uh, get people's attention, whatever's happening with it, uh, we, we, we know that uh, that's what it is. And so listen to these three verses, and I want you to, again, make a note of them so you can begin to pray them over yourself and over your family, and we can begin to stand on this. Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 6 says, Behold, I will bring it, I will bring it health and healing. I will heal them and reveal to them the abundance of peace and truth. So in other words, he sends his word according to the psalmist and he heals. He sends his word and he heals. And it's getting the revelation of his word that makes the difference in our life. How many know just reading it doesn't do it, right? But it's allowing him to bring revelation to you through it. And we've talked about this a little bit last week and how important that is. In the Matthew 4.23, uh, Matthew 4.23 says, And Jesus went about all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases among the people. So all these things were plaguing the people, and Jesus comes through, and what does he do? He starts healing people, and he brings healing to that. And uh, he only started this. He didn't complete it. He still heals. And then Luke chapter 9 in verse 11, it says, But when the multitude knew it, they followed him, and he received them, and he spoke to them about the kingdom of God. And what did he say about the kingdom of God? And he healed those who had need of healing. He healed those who had need of healing. I believe that we should equip ourselves with the word of God concerning healing as well as other areas in our life. 
so that they can begin to order our steps, right? They're the things that take a hold of us, even when other things try to take a hold of us. And there's many areas that we should do this in, and we'll talk a little bit about that today. Uh, But uh, uh, a lot of it comes, as uh, Lauren said, come and make my heart your resting place. In other words, allow your person, you are the word, let your word, your person, you're a person, you're the word, this is a living word, let it be my resting place so it can build up a, uh, um, a resistance to those things that the, we, we would say Satan is bringing on the earth. God's not bringing sickness on the earth, but Satan is. And God's just saying, hey, I'm giving you the whole armor of God. I'm going to give you what it takes to walk through this. You know, go through the fire and don't be burned. That excites me. <laughs> and that we, we begin to, to learn to do that. But I just want to say to you, begin to equip yourself with the Word of God. Equip yourself with the Word of God in regards to healing <clears throat> and other areas. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you will begin to see the impact and the effects of that uh, over your life. And uh, you know, it's just, it's, just a, it's time for us to stop <clears throat> waiting until something happens before we equip ourselves with the medicine that he's given us. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm preparing ahead of time. I'm praying for healing ahead of time. I'm praying, I'm praying John chapter, Third uh, John chapter 1 and verse 2, God, you said you would that I would prosper, I would be in good health as my soul prospers. So he covers every aspect of life and, and, and our provision and our health and our spiritual growth. And so as we begin to take a hold of his word and begin to believe his word, we'll begin to see, I think, greater effects than waiting until something happens and then running to him. You know, of course, he still does it. But I believe he wants us to walk in a divine health just as Jesus did. How many believe Jesus walked in a divine health? I mean, we really, right? I mean, it, it doesn't record once that he was sick. And so I believe he has that for his body. He's the head, we're the body. Amen? Are we ready to go this morning? All right, listen to this. Good morning and welcome to flight number 2022. We are prepared to take off into a new year. Please make sure your attitude and blessings are secured and locked in in the upright position. All self-destructive devices should be turned off at this point. All negativity, hurt, and discouragement should be thrown away. Should we lose altitude under pressure during the flight, reach up and pull down and pray. Prayers will automatically be activated by faith. Once your faith is activated, you can assist other passengers. There will be no baggage allowed on this flight. The captain has cleared us for takeoff destination, walking into greatness, last call, all aboard, we got this. Come on, are we ready for this flight this year? See, we're going to go into 2022 in one way or the other. We're going to go in it more discouraged than we came out of 2021, or we're going to step into it realizing the devil really is a liar. Come on, he really is a liar. 
And he has no authority and no authority over our lives, over our health, over our, over our bodies, over uh, our finances, and over who we are, over our spiritual growth. And, and we begin to step up to that plate for that. And we, we started looking last week, and I, I wasn't able to finish it. So I want to go through it this morning. I want to try to finish it. Uh, and so on your notes, we'll start at Job 22 and verse 22. Job chapter 22 and verse 22 is where we'll take off from this. We started out saying that uh, last Sunday that uh, uh, Job, in Job chapter 1 and verse 1 and 2, says that he was a righteous man. But now we have uh, uh, Eliphaz coming and saying to Job, one of his friends, and, and, and he's starting to run him down as if he was living in sin, and that's why all this stuff was happening to him. But we know by John 1 uh, and uh, verses 1, or Job 1 and verses 1 and 2, that that really wasn't the case. <clears throat> but the information that Eliphaz has for him is good information, and that's what we started going over, and uh, that's what we're going to uh, look at this morning to try to finish through these verses, because I think there's some truths here that can really help us if we lean in and we receive them. There's some powerful truths here, and I know we normally think of Job, the book of Job, as, oh, a terrible book, but in reality, if we can hear what's being said here, it can be life-changing for you, because uh, we are going to still face the same tr challenges and trials that Job has in some cases, uh, but yet we come through with the victory. So let's pray over the word right now and over our hearts. So Father, we thank you today for the power that's in your word. I pray as we read it that our hearts are touched and changed and that we're, our minds are transformed and renewed, God. And that, Lord, today as we kick this year off, we even have a, a greater ability to hear your voice through your word. And that your word would come alive for each and every one of us, Father. Your word would become powerful and sharp as a two-edged sword over our lives. And it wouldn't just be heard in our minds and in our ears. But today, God, I pray it would be heard in our hearts. And that we would be changed and transformed in Jesus' name. Amen. Job chapter 22 and, and verse 22 says this here. says, receive instructions from his mouth and lay up his words in your heart. And we went over this just a little bit last Sunday, but I felt that it was important enough to bring this back up because this is critical for uh, you and I as a believer. See, so much of the church, if I could say this kindly, is very religious in their thoughts and in their thought processes. If you look at the landscape of the whole church, very religious. They'd love to just come to the service and find a few things to do and sit in the service and then go home and say, well, I went faithfully every Sunday or Saturday, whatever their case was, and, and, and that was their badge of honor. And, and, uh, and, and that's really not what God has ever intended for this gathering to be like. As a matter of fact, if you look at the first gathering of the early church, which would have been in the upper room, those folks come out of that, they came out of that room completely transformed and fired up by what? The power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know that he wanted that to lessen as time went on. I believe he wants us to come together and gather together in this place as the church and let something happen to us that so transforms us that then we go out and we transform the world. 
Come on, you need to shout amen. amen. See, this is the problem is we come and we gather and we, we, we have an opportunity to let the Holy Spirit download into us as a group. And he loves that unity factor. Download into us and the, to the point where when I walk out these doors, I'm not the same as when I came in. But I'm more filled with the Word of God. I'm more filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm more filled with the excitement of God. I'm, I'm so filled that I can't wait to go out there and tell somebody. And this is exactly what happened to the very first, first church service. They came and gathered together. God said, wisely, just wait until the Holy Spirit gets poured out on you. And once that happened, all of a sudden, those people were so fired up, they went out. As you read the book of Acts, you find out about halfway through it, it says, man, those unsaved people, the, the governors and the leaders were getting worried because why? These Christians were turning the world upside down. And he never wanted that to end, but he wants that to continue on, and he wants that to grow. And it says this, it says, receive instructions from his mouth. And, and we said last week that that particular phrase, his mouth, meant an organ of speech. In other words, not just something you read, but it's something you heard him say to you out of what he wrote to you. In other words, I'm hearing the Holy Spirit when I read the Bible. It's not just a dead book like some other novel I might read. But it's literally, it's breathing life into me. It's shaking me a little bit. I'm being stirred up about it. I get excited when I read the Bible and all of a sudden it jumps, something jumps out on the page at me. And all of a sudden, I, I, I'm, 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 something's happening inside of me and it goes on. And lay up his words. And then if you look at the, in, the, in the Hebrew of that particular word, words, it's the same thing. It's an utterance or a speech. It's not just a written word. But he's talking about getting what we said in the New Testament. It's called a rhema from God. There's two things. There's the logos, which is the written word. But there's also the rhema, which is the spoken word. And God wants to get it back into us to where as we hear his word, whether we're reading it in our devotions or whether we're hearing a sermon or whatever we're hearing in his word, it's coming to life in us. Something's being moved inside of me. And I think we see this throughout the entire scriptures from even the Old Testament when the Holy Spirit was just on the outside of people. But now he's on the inside of people. How much more should we be experiencing the moving of God's Holy Spirit through his word in our lives? How much more should it be moving us? And if it's not moving us, I should probably be a little concerned about my relationship with God. I'm not talking about whether you're saved or not. Saved is easy. <laughs> Come on, that's a free gift. But listening to God and beginning to obey him, that begins to get hard. That's where you'll get the opposition. That's where you're going to get your resistance. The moment you start listening to his word as he brings it to Raymond to you and you start doing it, I guarantee you're going to experience the resistance. How many can say amen to that? How many have tried? You know, I'm, God, but I'm going to really take off. I'm going to really do this for God. And you get out there and all of a sudden something goes wrong when you try it. What in the world's happening? The devil doesn't want you to live by every word that's spoken out of his mouth. Come on, Matthew chapter 4. It is written, man will not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds 
comes out of his mouth to you directly and to you personally. And might I say this again, if you're not hearing the Holy Spirit speak to you in a way where it's inside of you, then something's wrong. Either you're not saved, come on, and you need to be saved, or you've learned how to walk saved without listening to the Holy Spirit in your life. You know, they got kind of People got pretty offended at Jesus a lot, right? (laughs) Why? Because he stepped into their life and said, come on, I want you to follow me. And you find that that, that some of them got really offended, especially the religious people. They seemed to get really offended at that. Guess what? We can be the same way. We can decide, hey, I'm good. I'm saved. I understand grace. I'm good. And, And maybe you are saved. I'm just talking about let's go further than just being saved. Come on. Man, I'm just telling you, God has so much for us. And so he wants us to hear his voice and to receive instructions from his mouth and lay up his words where at? In our heart. In our heart. So he says, lay up your, his word. And, and, and uh, on your notes there, the preservation of the treasures, or let me put it this way, of his revelation or his words to you. Because you're not going to live by bread alone. This is the bread of life. This is the word of God. But you're not going to live by that alone, but by every word that's proceeding out of his mouth. See, we've lost that in the church today. People somehow, some some brain-dead theologian went to college somewhere, cemetery or seminary, somewhere, only to come to the conclusion that God doesn't speak anymore, just read the Bible. And that's permeated through the body of Christ, and now we are landed at a place where, man, it ain't working. It ain't working. Why ain't it working? Because we're trying to live by bread alone. And not every word that proceeds from his mouth to you and to me. This is, this is more serious than I'm even making it this morning. But I want you to hear what I'm saying because if we can get a hold of this, I guarantee you it will change everything about your life, about this gathering, and about what you do out there. It'll change it all. It'll, it'll change the game. It'll be a game changer. And so what's the, 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 the treasures that he wants us to preserve? Uh, it says receive the instructions, receive instructions. And I said this last week, take a hold of it, lay a hold of it, seize it, snatch it, take it away. In other words, be serious about hearing the instructions from his mouth. And it says to be laid up, to be put in a permanent place in my life. In other words, how am I doing living up to the revelation that he's already brought to me? I mean, it's easy. Sometimes you get this great revelation, and then all of a sudden, through time, pretty soon, you're not really living by that revelation like you did when he first gave it to you. You've all of a sudden, you start slacking off. He spoke to you about tithing, and you were convicted about it. Then somehow it started slipping away. He spoke to you about living righteously, and all of a sudden now, it's slipping away. He spoke to you about whatever it might be, but now it's old news to you, and so now you're, 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 not, you're not even fulfilling that. This is what he's saying. 
Lay a hold of it. Keep it. Keep it. Let it be a permanent place in your life. Whatever he spoke to you in your life before, it's still good for today. And he wants you to learn to live that way. And to just let it compound and build upon itself. It's just it's an amazing thing what the Holy Spirit will do, do to us. And then it says to lay it up where? In your heart. In your heart. And I thought about that. I thought, what's the... What's, what are you trying to communicate to me about this? And uh, I, I felt like the Holy Spirit just put this, this word abide. And, and I think we, we kind of sensed that in worship this morning. Um, is how do I lay up his word in my heart? Well, I'll do that by abiding in him. And abiding is an important aspect of your relationship with God. Don't get discouraged if you go to a prayer time in your closet, in your prayer closet at home, and you sit there and you don't hear anything for a little bit. Why? He's wanting you to learn how to abide. How do I abide? You know, you don't always have to talk when you're in the room with somebody, right? You just, but you just sit there and you just kind of bask in this abiding thing. And, and, and this is what the word abide means. It, it, it's shakan in the Hebrew. It means to reside, to dwell with, or to stay with you. In other words, I sometimes don't probably understand quite how much God does when I just set myself aside to just find this place of prayer with him to just sit there and let his presence and his glory saturate inside of me because it's something that's so powerful that I might not necessarily catch it happening. But that's why he says it, and again, you guys know this, you know, it's abide, abide, abide throughout the scriptures, abide in his presence, uh, uh, <clears throat> and let his presence abide in you, and let uh, its influence uh, affect your secret feelings and the purposes of your soul. And I just thought, wow, how many times am I rushing through things and I want to talk to God, and I want to tell him things. I want to tell him a lot of things, actually. But yet, he wants to tell me something. Have you ever been with somebody that just talks way too much? <laughs> I shouldn't have said that, probably. But, you know, you're around that person, and, yeah, yeah, you know, and you have something really important on your heart you want to say, but that person doesn't stop talking about all kinds of trivial things. We're going to be like that with God. And God's saying, hey, I want you just to, to be still and know that I'm God. I have something I want to say to you. It's really important. It's really going to be life transforming. But I need you to stop and listen. And it's the same way. Have you ever talked to somebody while they were thinking about what they wanted to say next and you know they didn't hear a thing you said? And it happens in relationships, doesn't it? Is that, does it happen? Come on. Because guess what? That happens with you and God too. Just as easy as it does with people. We just get so busy. But he said, hey, I want you to lay this stuff up in your heart. It's interesting because God says, hey, my law is written on the fleshly tablets of the heart. And, and it's there uh, that, that, that I can live and rule. So he wants to be your ruler. He wants to be your Lord. 
He wants to lead you. And, 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 and this is a treasure that we have of New Testament people that his law is already written inside so when his spirit comes and affirms it, it's much easier. And, and so let's go to verse 23, Job chapter 22 and verse 23. If you return to the Almighty, you will be built up you will remove iniquity far from your tents. So in other words, he's speaking to Job, and we know that Eliphaz has the right plan, but he's just doing it to the wrong person. He doesn't understand why Job's going through what he's going through. He doesn't understand that Job's actually fulfilling the purpose of God. And Job was good with that. Oh, he, he griped a couple times, but for the most part, he was really good for that compared to what he went through. How many can say amen if you ever, wrote the book, if you ever read the book of Job, you realize that. And so he says, I want you to return to me. In other words, I want you to, uh, to, 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 to come back and let me establish and, 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 and to cause you to continue with me and walk with me on a regular basis. And he goes on to say, uh, if you return to the Almighty, and that's God's biggest name, just so you know that, it says, you will be built up and you will remove iniquity far from your tents. I, I found that to be quite a fast statement for such a big thing that it is. It's the Almighty that will help you overcome every area of your life. And there's areas that are in our lives today that we struggle to overcome, uh, it seems, for a while because we haven't let the Almighty come in. That's why he said, return to the Almighty. And guess what? Then you will remove iniquity far from your soul. You'll let it begin to take place. And, and, and again, I think this year, if you'll just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, He will take some of the areas that you have struggled with for years and begin to peel those out because He wants you to be His righteous bride. That's what He's building, right? He's building this holy bride for His Son. Job chapter 22 Verses 24 to 25 goes on to say this, And then you will lay your gold in the dust and the gold of uh, Orphur or, or among the stones of the brooks. Yes, the Almighty will be your gold and your precious silver. And here's what he's saying here. <clears throat> he's saying, man, Job, I want you to take all of your riches and I, I just want you to throw them in the dust throw them in the brook. Get, don't, don't let those be a priority in your life right now. Because if you let those be a priority in your life, then it'll be hard for verse 25 to happen. Yes, the Almighty will be your gold and your precious silver. And as I thought about that, let me just read you a couple of Psalms. This isn't on your notes, but you can write it down. It's a beautiful Psalms 19 verses 7 to 11. Psalms 19 verses 7 to 11. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statues of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord are pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold. <laughs> Yes, and much fine gold. Sweeter also 
than the honey in the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. He's speaking of God speaking to his people. He's speaking of the word of God being more valuable than gold and silver. And again, he over here says, hey, I want to bless you and I want you to prosper. So he's not against us having money. As a matter of fact, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and go on down the line, they were all very wealthy. But they knew how to handle it. It didn't handle them. They handled it. They were stewards of what he was giving them. And they knew it. And so because they became a channel for God to bless and work through, then uh, things worked out. Psalms 19, verses 7 to 11 in, the, in the, uh, the Passion Translation. Listen to this. I thought it was very well put. Yahweh's word is perfect in every way. <clears throat> How it revives our souls. Yahweh's laws lead us to truth, and his ways change the simple into wise. Yahweh's teachings are right, and, and, they, and they make us joyful. His, uh, his precepts are so pure. Yahweh's commands challenge us to keep close to his heart. The revelation dash light <clears throat> of his word makes my spirit shine radiant. And just think, this is what the word should be doing to us. It should be exciting us. It should be igniting us. It should be causing us to <clears throat> be alive in Him. Yahweh's dec decrees are trustworthy. The fear of the Lord, the fear of Yahweh is pure, enduring forever. The rarest treasures of life are found in His truth. That's why God's Word is prized like no other and, and a prize of the finest gold. Sweeter also than honey are His living words, sweet words dripping from the honeycomb, for they warn us, your servants, and they keep us from following the wicked way and giving a lifetime guarantee, great success to every obedient soul. I just thought, wow, that is so, so well worded. God has a desire for us, and I said this last week, we, you're going to have to get more into his written word so he can bring revelation to you through it. Because his revelation will always be in alignment with his word. It doesn't chase you off into some other direction. <clears throat> Job twenty-two twenty-six. For then you will have your delight in the Almighty and lift up your face to God. Charles Spurgeon says this about that particular passage, and, and, and uh, it says, When a man hangs his head down, he's unhappy. It is the attitude of misery. But oh, when our thoughts of God are changed and our relationship to God is different, we lift up our faces and sun our countenances in the light of God's favor. Will you just look down for a second? Just look down. What happens to your eyes? So they kind of just drop. Now look up. Would you just look up? What happens? Your eyes just open up, don't they? All of a sudden, it's just you look down, your eyes kind of shut down. He's saying, here, I want you to see the Almighty and let your countenance rise up with Him. For then you will have your delight in the Almighty and lift up your face to Him. So there's something about us lifting our heads and our faces to the Almighty God that comes through getting revelation from Him. This is what He's talking about. His Word, His revelation, and you look up and you begin to see the glory of God. He even changes our countenances through that.
come, Holy Spirit. How's your delight in him? How's your delight in the Lord? Is there something that you anticipate when you think about having a devotion with him? Or has it become a chore? <laughs> this is on my checklist. This is my chore list. Nobody likes chores. Right? I mean, or is there a delight that's happening inside of you because you're actually going to come, you're going to meet with him, he's going to speak with you, he's going to give you direction, he's going to touch you, he's going to fill you, he's going to build you up, he's going to change your life. He's going to transform you. And, and, and again, I think, you know, we're, we're all in a process right now of transformation. He, he's coming to transform his people and to make us ready for his second coming. And I believe that it, uh, as, uh, uh, <clears throat> as, we, as we get into his word, as it becomes a revelation to me and I begin to abide in it and I begin to catch what he's saying and get excited about meeting with him, then something changes in my relationship to him. Something begins to really happen. And again, you know, uh, I think of the, the way that the, the church has gone. Okay, forgive me for a little rant here. But <laughs> I just remember, you know, one minute with God can change your life. <laughs> a book, okay? And I'm thinking, <laughs> what do we try to do? Condense God to a microwave? God, if I could just turn the microwave on for 30 seconds and then I'll be changed, that'll be really good. How many know that doesn't work? No, you're, you're harder to change than that. <laughs> I hate to tell you that, but <laughs> there's something a little stubborn about you that needs more than that. You need to roast for a while. You need to get into this place with God where he can do something in your life. But yet we've reduced this whole thing. What have we tried to do? We've tried to just make it so easy. I think Jesus would be embarrassed at some of the books we try to write. Five minutes with God, one minute with God. I, I, I wish it was that easy, <laughs> but it just isn't. I'll just tell you right now, if you're expecting that, uh, you're in the wrong place. It just doesn't happen like that. You're, you're not going to connect and have God change you in the way that he wants to if that's your uh, your, your understanding or your mindset. It says, for then you will delight in the Almighty and you'll lift up your face to God. Something begins to happen inside of us. What to expect when we delight in the Almighty? Let me just zip through a few of these things uh, because I, I think in His presence, the Bible says there's fullness of joy. So God gives us joy when we're really meeting in His presence. We come out of that with a little bit of a smile. We come out of it with a little bit of an excitement. And I'm just trying to be transparent with you. If, if you come out of prayer every time without any excitement, guess how often you're going to want to go back there? Not very often, right? Let's just be honest. Okay, so that means I need to maybe press a little bit here. And again, it's not that I come out smiling every time myself. But man, if something isn't beginning to happen to where I'm beginning to want to pray and want to really spend time with, with, with the Almighty God, which he opens the door and invites us into, then there's something that's wrong. 
but it brings joy to us. And, and uh, just on your notes there, the joy of what? The joy of pardon. I go into his presence and all of a sudden I realize, man, I have forgotten how bad of a sinner I really was before he came and got me. I've forgotten that. So I've lost the joy of the pardon of the Lord. I forgot about his salvation and how great it is and how awesome it is and how wonderful it made my life. Number two, the joy of love. The joy of love. It's, it's, it's an exchange that begins to take place when I'm in his presence. There's this, this joy of love that begins to come inside of me. And, my, and where it's not there, he's able to adjust it and tweak it at that moment. Number three, the joy of trust. In other words, I don't have to fear what's going on around me because I can trust in him. I can trust in the almighty God. Why? Because I just spent some time with him and he just brought reassurance to me about his power and his almightiness. And how great he is. And I don't have to worry and fear though, uh, though the, 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 the things that are around me and the things that are happening, including the plagues. Come on, church. Come on. When they were in Israel and those plagues were hitting them, and when they were in Egypt, excuse me, and the plagues were hitting them, do you know they were not hitting the believers? Something was happening. And then the joy of his service. In other words, I'm happy to be serving God. I want to serve God. I realize he created me with a purpose and for a purpose, and I want to fulfill that. And how do I serve the Lord? What is my life going to be counted for when it's all said and done? And then the joy of communion. We took communion this morning. Uh, and, uh, and that communion also means to be walking with God himself and to allow him to, 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 to just speak with us and to commune with us and to walk with us. Uh, and he speaks of the spiritual attitude. He says, and it shall lift up your face unto God. In other words, you're going to have a fresh confidence in him. I just jotted these down quickly. I'm not even sure if they're on the notes, but this is the advantages that Job experienced of a true spiritual reformation. Listen to this. He was, it was a restoration of lost blessings. Remember, at the end of his life, he received double of everything. He got it all back. There was a, there was a delight in Job, in God. There was a delight in God with Job. He, he understood this. His, his prayers were being answered. Yeah, it took a while. Yeah, he went through some challenges, but yet when it was all said and done, the Lord blessed him. There was a realization of purposes. I believe God began to, was able to begin to speak to Job and to explain to him that this would be written in a book, and that in this book people would read this thousands of years uh, later than you're alive, people will be reading this and they'll find encouragement and they'll find strength from the Father because you allowed me to work my purpose in you and through you. And I believe he understood that. I believe God began to reveal his plan to him. God will reveal his plan and his purpose to you and, and, and you'll not be frustrated. And then there's a powerful, I think he had the power of usefulness. He understood again that God was using him in a mighty way. Job chapter 22 uh, and, and verse 27, you shall make your prayers to him, he shall hear you, and you shall pay your vows. And then I just want to wrap it up this morning with this verse for the kickoff of 2022 uh, for each and every one of us. This is a, 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 an amazing verse. This happens in Job's life. He went through what he went through, um, and he learned his lessons from God, and he fulfilled God's purpose. He found delight in it. In the Almighty God, 
And then listen to what it says, Job chapter 22 and verse 28. You will also declare things, or let me put it this way, you'll make declarations. If you read my email that, that we sent you uh, Friday or Saturday, uh, we talked about declarations. You will also declare a thing, make declarations, and it will be established for you so light will shine on your ways. What a great promise. What are you going to declare in 2022 over your life personally? What are the things you want to see God do in your life personally? What are you going to declare over your family? Over your family. What are you going to declare over them? What are you going to declare over your church? And what are we going to declare over uh, uh, I'll call it our sphere of influence. In other words, the people that God puts you around, what will you begin to declare about them and over them that will begin to change things? Because it says you'll declare a thing and it will be established for you. He'll do it for you. He'll do it for each one of you. You need to declare God's goodness and favor over your children. Come on, no matter where they're at. Some of you have older children that are a bit astray. Let's bring them back in by the declaration of God's word because he said he would do it. Come on, he, he would do it. What, I mean, what about your own personal life and the areas you say, well, you know, I wish I, I, wish I overcome that. Well, let's do it. Declare that over yourself. That's where you come back to the written word and you search out his promises over different areas of your life. You search out the promises and you read those promises until he comes by revelation to you. And by that revelation, it opens up and transforms you or it transforms that situation. And again, it's not a, God's not a microwave God. Be nice if it was that easy, but it's not. But he says with this great promise, make your declarations. And as I stated in the uh, in the email uh, on Saturdays, man, God wants to change things in you, around you, and through you. In you, around you, and through you. God wants you to do this. And he gives Job very clear instructions. And that was, you begin to make your declarations, and I'll begin to back them. But see, if we just sit there and we get, get tired, or we get weary, or we give up, because when we make our declarations, how many know sometimes seem, things seem to go a little bit worse before they get better? I've seen that in my life. How about you? You know, you think, wait a minute. Well, so, so we draw back from our declarations. But let me just tell you, that's the spiritual principalities and powers trying to push you back from releasing the most powerful thing that you can possibly do, and that is to let your mouth declare the things of God and the things that God wants. And, and, and so he pushes back against you. And if we'll just press this year past that, we're going to see a breakthrough, not only in our own personal life, but in our family, but in all those around us and in our church. How many think that's a good thing? Would you stand to your feet, please? Here's what I want us to do. Would you pull up that uh, last verse again? <clears throat> Job twenty-two twenty-eight. 28. 
Can we read this out loud together a couple times? Let's just read it twice. Um, <clears throat> again, you will declare that, that thing. That, that's making a declaration. I want you to read this out loud a couple times with me this morning as we wrap up this first service of the year. Let's read it together. You will also... So light will shine on your ways. You will also declare a thing. Father, this morning we read your word aloud in unison. We read it aloud and we, we say yes and amen to it. I pray this morning for everybody that's watching online and everybody in this room, as we've done that, Father, that your word would be released inside of us and something fresh and alive would come, even revelation with this particular verse, that if I will begin to declare a thing, Father, you will see it come to pass. And you will begin to change, Lord, not only my life, but my family's life. And, Father, the, the, the church's life and then the community's life, Father, that you have us in. And, God, I pray for each and every person this morning. Let the Spirit of the Lord be upon us. Let the power of your Spirit, Father, quicken each and every one of us. Let the voice of God and the voice of triumph and the voice of victory be each and every one of our portion. And God, that life would flow in your body in a powerful way, even as it did in the early church, that we would find and receive your spirit. It would move us. It would change us like never before. Father, I'm a candidate for that. I'm a candidate for that this morning, God. And I believe that that's going to be your working in 2022 in each one of our lives. Father, we love you, and we bless you, and we honor you in the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen. amen. Can we just give the Lord a big hand this morning? His word's awesome.